just like football. Clap, 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 clap. Ring that victory bell. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And as always, I appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, do me a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you so very, very, very much. All right, this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, USC is still a football school, always will be. I know I, I goof around with that on occasion, saying that you know USC is a, a hoop school. And I think they can be. What I think they can be is both, but primarily they are a football school. However, when uh, USC hosts UCLA in hoops, Galen Center can rock like no other arena in the country. And I'm not the one, I'm a little biased, but Andy Enfield's been around the country and he noticed when USC and UCLA hook up at Galen, uh, there's very few arenas around the country that can rival what Galen offers. Uh, tonight was one of those nights, really loud, really energetic. And uh, I think everyone who was in attendance had a good time. Why not, right? You know, USC, they beat the Bruins uh, 77 to 64. It, some of the people in attendance weren't just uh, almost sold out, Galen. There was a few seats left up in the upper corners. Uh, nevertheless, student section filled up really quickly. In fact, they had a line wrapped around back onto, uh, what was that, Flower Street going behind Galen, behind the parking structure of the USC Hotel, back towards Exposition. Uh, long line and uh, students, students, you guys did fantastic. And everybody showed up. Like I said, great, great crowd. Among the crowd was uh, your Heisman Trophy winner, USC's eighth, Caleb Williams, as well as many of his uh, footballer teammates. Um, they were there. They actually, uh, Caleb was introduced during a timeout, went out to center court, struck the Heisman pose. And uh, also during the timeouts was throwing some free t-shirts to the fans in attendance. And those guys, uh, they got to watch a the, the Trojans come back from a 12-point halftime deficit. They were down 37 to 25. And uh, they, they didn't look good. <laughs> um, they just they couldn't make any baskets. And they were just, they were playing hard. They were playing defense. But UCLA was making their shots. USC wasn't. Kind of been the story of the season so far. And USC was able to erase that 12-point halftime deficit. And then they actually 
literally cruised to their 77-64 win over UCLA, who was coming into the game the number eight team in the country. But that loss was uh, US, UCLA's second in a row. Uh, they kept, they're coming off a uh, loss Saturday in Tucson. USC experienced that loss in Tucson last Thursday, but they came home with a split. They beat Arizona State on Saturday. So now USC has a two-game winning streak, and UCLA is on a two-game losing streak. How's that feel? How's that taste? Uh, in the second half, Boogie Ellis, uh, he literally was just dancing in the mind. Well, first of all, he was just dancing all over the court. He was in fuego in the second half. Dude was, he, he put USC on his back and carried them to the win. He literally had, um, he, Mick Cronin had no choice but to just watch what he was doing. It got to the point where he, I think Mick's frustration boiled over and he got a technical really late in the game. It was The game was already at hand. It didn't make a difference. It literally, it, it just gave Boogie a chance to shoot a couple more free throws and pad his point total. So he had 31 points on the game. 27 of those came in the second half. In the final 20 minutes, UCLA scored 27 points in the second half as a team. USC outscored them in the second half, 52 to 27. Wow. That's a smackdown. That is a beat down. Uh, and that wasn't just enough for Boogie. He also had six assists with no turnovers. So he had a really, really solid game. Uh, remember, when these two teams met a few weeks ago at Poly Pavilion, uh, USC erased an 18-point halftime deficit, and they actually took the lead with less than 30 seconds left in the game, and they saw that, they saw that game slip away. They should have won that game. And if you remember, Boogie struggled big time in that game. And you also, if you're watching against ASU, you saw him get his butt chewed out hard uh, during a late game timeout by Coach Enfield. Well, after tonight's game, uh, Andy was very quick to uh, let everybody know that uh, he played like a first-round draft choice first round draft choice tonight against UCLA. And that's from his coach. So it wasn't just Boogie uh, against UCLA, but although he was definitely in the zone uh, Thursday night, and that wasn't lost on Boogie because this was on the, the third anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. And Boogie idolized Kobe, as many players did, as I did. Uh, but again, it wasn't just wasn't just Boogie on the night. Drew Peterson, he had 16 points on 6 of 10 shooting. He had a big second half. Uh, he also had four rebounds, but he also had five more turnovers. He's really got to get, he's got to get that under control. I love so much of Drew's game, but there's times where he just gets a little loose with his handles and trying to do too much with his passing. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned Boogie kind of, he caught the dragon's fire, Andy, uh, against ASU. Like I said, if you saw that timeout, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, 
but it wasn't it he caught the wrath but it was everything combined in that game it was boogie it was drew it was re-sticks and waters um uh, just being really sloppy and doing having making dumb decisions late down the stretch until you know Enfield just went nuclear. He had to. He had to get their attention. I also found out uh, before the game tonight, you know, I get there early, I gotta do the rounds, talk to my peoples. Uh, apparently, it carried over into the locker room after that eight point victory. And that's okay. You know, um, teams have these types of things throughout the season, and you need to have those types of airing out sessions in a locker room. It, it it clears the air and um I don't know if it you know if it helped the team down the stretch in this game against UCLA uh, that'll never be known but I think it was beneficial I don't think it hurt <laughs> for instance against in that final four minutes and 51 seconds against Arizona State USC had 77 points at that juncture they finished the game with 77 points. They had seven turnovers or eight turnovers during that four minutes and 51 seconds. Well, against UCLA, they had nine turnovers total in the game. Only two in the second half. UCLA had 13 turnovers on the game. Eight of those came in the second half. Uh, USC had 14 assists. UCLA had 13 assists. Uh, so while it wasn't a great, you know, assist to turnover ratio, it was definitely better than UCLA's one to one. As far as USC's defense, it was pretty good for most of the game. It was fantastic. Again, their big glaring defense on this team, besides rebounding, <laughs> is they go cold for stretches offensively. Uh, they had that happened in the first half. It didn't happen as much in the second half. But that offensive rebounding that they give up to the other teams, they've got to get that under control. In this game, uh, they lost the battle of the boards 34 to 26. It was even more evident on, as I just mentioned, the offensive glass where they were outdone 15 to 5. And that led to 16 second chance points for UCLA. Man, get that fixed. And this game's really a blowout. So what they have fixed, maybe, is their free throw shooting. In their last game, they were 14 for 14. Tonight, they were 17 for 18. And they were 16 for 16 in the second half. That'll get it done. And I think that's what had Andy so pissed off and upset in their last game, is they weren't getting to the free throw line down the stretch when they were, when they were making them. They were throwing the ball out of bounds. They were throwing alley-oops out of bounds. They were just doing dumb stuff. Anyways, in this game, um, and I mentioned Nick got a technical late. Pac-12 officiating, again, was atrocious. Uh, everyone will agree with that. But this was a big win for USC basketball. And I'm making you guys listen. I'm going to turn you into USC basketball fans. You got nothing to do. And if you would have been at the Galen Center tonight, you would have experienced it. You would understand why you can be a football fan and a basketball fan. Anyways, this was a big win, big win for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they beat the number eight team in the country. So um, 
It happened on ESPN. It was an early tip-off, 6 p.m. So that means everyone in the country got to watch. That's great. Galen was loud. It was packed. It was loud as a... I can't say the... Can't say how I as loud it was, but it was loud. Uh, and what was great about it was Boogie. He got the crowd energized, and the team fed off of it. You know, first shot of the game, I was like, "Whoa, roar!" <laughs> that step back three dagger shot with about a minute and a half left. Place erupted like they just won, you know, the conference championship game or something. It was great. So not only was it a, a resume win, which they desperately needed for the tournament for their tournament hopes, um, however, 2023 commit and signee Silas Damari Jr. was in the in the house with his family. By the way, his dad was having a great time. I'll put some Twitter video up there. You'll see him. Uh, guy likes to dance. The other time um, I mentioned that Galen was really loud. Well, the only other time it got loud, well, not the only other, but the time that it got really loud when Boogie wasn't lighting up the Bruins was when Caleb struck his Heisman pose and was introduced at half at center court. Um, and it was a funny moment down the stretch of the game. He was taunting the Bruins uh, when they were like taking a free throw or something. You know the song, I Hate UCLA by Biz Marquis. Caleb was into it. He was having a great time, as were his teammates. I can't repeat what some of the guys were yell, uh, yelling from the student section, <laughs> but they were having a really good time. So, like I said, USC is still a football school, but it's night like uh, it's nights like Thursday night, where they uh, they just manhandle their crosstown rival UCLA Bruins, and it can be contagious. So, just a oh, couple of random notes on our basketball show of the week. It was rivalry week. You guys can hang with it. Uh, people have always wondered, why haven't uh, USC been opening the curtain at Galen Center? Beautiful arena. You open up the curtains. Gives you a great view of this uh, downtown LA skyline. Well, many thought it was because there's construction going on across the street at Felix Chevrolet. That's not the case. The reason the curtain isn't open, I found this out. One coach... One Pac-12 coach complained that it gives USC an unfair advantage. I'm not sure what that advantage is because nobody else complains about it, but it's a Pac-12 mandate that the curtains stay closed. So it's not up to USC. It's not their choice. One coach. I'll let you guys try and decide who it was, but um, well, not gonna, not going to name names. Oh, and by the way, um, so you think, all right, well, USC is only going to be in the Pac-12 for another year. True, this year. And then in 2024, they joined the, the big. Well, I also learned that um, a few things need to change at Galen Center. It has nothing to, and it has nothing to do with a curtain. Um, apparently, the big representatives from the big conference did a walkthrough at Galen, and they made some suggestions uh, that they would like to have in place by the time USC uh, is ready to open conference play. I don't know what that means, but the underlying message was you're not playing in the minor leagues anymore. Uh, you need to get this place ready. 
Not sure what that meant, but maybe parking has something to do with it. Again, another note. Uh, the parking structure at the USA Hotel, right adjacent to Galen Center, sold out. They were sending uh, sending the overflow to the Flower Street parking lot. So great time at Galen tonight. So there you go. USC is now 15 and 6. They're just one game back of first place UCLA, 17 and 4. And they have the Washington schools coming in next week. So USC is off until next Thursday when they'll host is it Washington or Washington State. Regardless, they play those guys next weekend. And they also get the Arizona schools coming into LA. More importantly, Arizona. So getting that win against UCLA was almost a must win in a way. And you'll be looking forward to the game against Arizona. What, what I'm really trying to say is there's no room left for any type of bad losses. You got a great resume win. You got another one coming up in a, in a couple weeks. No more bad losses. All right. Until USC and Arizona hook up in basketball, until I talk about basketball again, why don't you head on over to FanDuel? You want to know why you need to head over to FanDuel? Because the NFL playoffs are here. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And if you are that new customer, join today. And when you get started, you're going to get $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. So just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on and FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and to even player prop bets. Plus, you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So you can do all this on an app that's really safe, it's really secure, and it's super easy to use. So football fans. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment with FanDuel, excuse me, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Once again, I want to say thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Just got done talking about USC hoops. You need to make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Now, I don't know if Bill Walton's over there, but it was kind of fun watching him uh, do the YMCA dance uh, <laughs> during one of the timeouts. It was a really fun time at Galen. All right. I know everyone's saying enough basketball. Talk football. Here we go. Got a little bit of, got a few notes for you here. We're getting down to the nitty gritty with football recruiting. Not a lot to talk about, so it's going to be a quick segment. Nevertheless, here it is. USA is looking really good for the speedy cornerback from Sarah Roderick Pleasant. He was supposed to take a visit to Oregon. Um, well, he didn't. He's in Big Bear, California instead. And that means unless something strange happens, 
between now and signing day next Wednesday, uh, Roderick should be USC's big signature on Wednesday. Again, they're holding out for three names in the high school ranks. He was one. Deuce Robinson, the tight end, big wide receiver from Pinnacle High School, Scottsdale. And then you have Warren Roberson, the commit to TCU early signing period, who never signed. Uh, speaking of, by the way, I was told, well, actually Scott or Scott Schrader over at WeRSC.com was told that uh, all that Roderick Pleasant has left between now and signing day is a USC home in-home visit. So Roderick will not be visiting Oregon. And unless, I guess, unless something strange happens, you should feel pretty good about that one. And Scott Schrader is not my only source on this one, by the way. He just, he's got a pretty good source with Roderick Pleasant. Uh, speaking of Warren Roberson, though, the safety from Texas, the one who was committed to TCU, who never signed. I don't know if distance is creeping into his decision-making, but he took a visit to uh, Austin, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, look, if you're going to stay home, why not just sign with TCU? It's, it's just a little weird. I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't feel as confident about that, but, you know, he's been out here, take, took the visit. I, we'll see. Maybe that'll be a pleasant surprise next Wednesday. I really didn't mean to do that. It just kind of happened. And then, um, okay, we're going to, maybe this might not have anything to do with the 2023 class, but let's talk 2024 recruiting. We know that USC has Malachi Nelson in their 2023 class, number one quarterback in the country, according to ESPN. Well, that's not stopping the nation's overall number one prospect in the class of 2024, five-star plus, I'm not sure what that means, quarterback uh, Dylan Rayola. He's taking another visit to USC. Now, and that was confirmed that, he, in fact, it's confirmed he'll be visiting USC this weekend as we're speaking, heading into signing day 2023. Uh, maybe some of you saw it. Maybe some of you didn't. I took a picture. Um, last year, uh, Dylan was on campus and he bumped into Mark Sanchez. He committed to OSU not too too long after that. Well, he's backed off that commitment since. And according to on threes, Chad Simmons, uh, who, by the way, is no relations to uh, Eli Manning's Chad. No, I'm kidding. Chad Simmons said this. Um, coaches from across the country have been in contact with him, but there are two teams who are high on his list right now. According to uh, the on three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, those two teams are Georgia and USC. So Charles Powers, who is no relation to Eli Manning's distant cousin, Chad Powers, um, he is the uh, director of scouting for on three, and 
he he sees Dylan this way. This is how he summarizes Dylan in his in if he was scouting him. He has advanced arm talent with the ability to make a wide variety of high-level throws as a high school underclassman. Looks like the top quarterback prospect and overall talent in, in 2024. Uh, six foot three, 210 pounds. He has a natural loose throwing motion with a unique armed exterior dexter, dexterity excuse me, to deliver off platform and from multiple arm shots. In other words, think Patrick Mahomes, Caleb Williams, over the shoulder, sidearm, underneath, whatever. He can throw it from any angle. Uh, he can play both under center as well as in the shotgun. So um, he's ahead of the curve as a ball handler and in the quick passing game, shows good footwork and awareness in the pocket, capable of creative plays in the face of pressure. Essentially, this guy is a uh, NFLer waiting to happen. And he is the son of a 14-year NFL center, uh, his dad, Dominic. So there you go. Some think, well, why wouldn't he go to Nebraska, where he would be a legacy? Matt Rule, great coach, but um, Lincoln Riley, better quarterback coach. So here's my prediction for recruiting. USC is going to get Roderick Pleasant. And while I'm not as confident in Roberson, I think he will be the pleasant surprise. And I think Deuce sticks with Georgia. And like, let's just look at it this way. USC can get Deuce in a couple of years with the transfer portal. And I'll explain why in the next segment. Apparently... I really struck a nerve with my USC is transfer you label the other day. <laughs> Look, I choose my words very carefully. Yeah, it was a little bit of a, you know, what the hell was he trying to say? I got to listen to that show type of header. Uh, that's the point, right? Get your attention. Well, one person let me know on the YouTube channel that they didn't, uh, they didn't appreciate it. It wasn't the way they would like to, you know, characterize USC. And uh, I explained why I did it the way I did. Well, someone who actually works for the USC football team had a few words for me uh, at the game Thursday night, the USC-UCLA game Thursday night. Not really. It was it wasn't fun. But um, I was like, hey, you know, and I explained to him as well. I think people need to take the the negative connotation away from transfer because that's it's a major part of the recruiting toolbox now with the transfer portal. And if you can use it the right way, you're going to have to use it because that's how you're going to fill rosters going forward. Yes, high school recruiting is important, but Look, you can recruit all the offensive linemen you want in one class. You can bring it in five or six. Remember, you're looking for a 60% hit rate to be successful. What did USC just do this offseason? They're bringing in three offensive linemen through the transfer portal. Because while you recruit them young, they don't always develop on your schedule and you need to have them ready. You need to have offensive linemen ready to play right away from year to year to year. You can't always rely on the development of high school offensive linemen. So, 
um, we were having this conversation and in the end, we both, he agreed again, we were having fun with it, but so please listen, I'm not trying to talk negatively about USC as transfer you. I see it as a positive. It's a paradigm shift. I'll look, I'll, uh, I'll drive this train. You just get on. One last thing we're going to, I want to hand to you a uh, positive note for the weekend. Take this with you because this is pretty cool. <clears throat> there have only been four players to win a Heisman, a national title, and a Super Bowl. Think about it. Only four players have ever done this. Charles Woodson, Michigan. Tony Dorsett from Pittsburgh, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Charles Woodson, Green Bay. Well, of the four, 50% of them come from USC. The other two, Marcus Allen, Raiders. Reggie Bush, New Orleans Saints. Not bad. That's why USC will always be a football school. And that's why USC is NFL U, Heisman U, tailback U, wide receiver U. They are the U. I know that might upset Miami fans. But if you've ever seen a... Well, head on over to YouTube and look it up. Who is the NFL football factory? It's USC. All right. On that note, I hope everyone had a great week. I had a great week. I had a lot of fun. The game at Galen was a lot of fun. Guys, listen, basketball is fun. Get out to Galen Center. Support the team. The football players were out there. They were having a blast, so you can too. All right. Until our next episode of Locked On USC, because we come at you five times a week. Once again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On College Basketball. They're free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right. I'll be back next week with another five more episodes. So until then, you know what to do. <laughs>